sums it all up. Arsenal, the cream of the crop. Welcome to the 66th edition of the Gouda Podcast, recorded on the Monday evening after Arsenal's nil-nil home draw with Sunderland and the night before Arsenal's inevitable 4-1 defeat in the camp now against Barcelona. This podcast is sponsored by the website for all your unofficial Arsenal t-shirt needs, gunashirts.com. I'm your returning host, David Udo, and the first thing to announce is that after our last podcast, the panel members responsible have been issued with a one-month ban. Meanwhile, the host that failed so abysmally to contain them has been relegated to panel duties. So... To introduce this evening's panel, first up, the founder of the Guna and its original editor, the man who kindly funds the spending on Chinese food and alcohol that led to last month's fiasco, it's Mr Mike Francis. Hello. Next up, our devoted host, he of the David Essex haircut and the even longer memory, returned this very afternoon from exotic climes, it's Mr Joe Broadfoot. Hello, listeners. And last, but by no means least, a guest from the not-too-distant past... Any panellist that wears knee-length stiletto boots is almost guaranteed to be welcomed back with open arms. It's Gunner Talk's very own Miss Lindsay Sheehan. Hello, Gunners. Now, Lindsay, <clears throat> I checked the, uh, the YouTube this afternoon on the Super Information Netweb in my office to catch Gunner Talk's latest video and read the following. YouTube account Gunner Talk has been terminated because we have received multiple third-party notifications of copyright infringement from claimants including NetResult and the FA Premier League. Please elucidate. Well, they're basically a bunch of wankers and won't let us use the clip, so you have to go to the website instead. The comments of Lindsay Sheehan are not necessarily <laughs> associated with that of the Guna magazine or onlineguna.com. Thank you, Ms Sheehan. So, in light of the weekend's, well, the last week's event, Manchester United's 1-0 down 2-1 effort at Stamford Bridge, uh, held by David Luiz, um, their subsequent 3-1 hammering at Anfield and Arsenal's lackadaisical 0-0 draw at home to Sunderland, what does that mean? For Arsenal's title challenge, Joe Broadfoot. Well, it's on, you might say, but I'm not that convinced primarily. So you said it's on, but it's off. It's on, in theory, (laughs) but it's off because I haven't really got an awful lot of confidence in the defence and and I think we all know why. We're going to discuss this in another podcast more than likely, but the other tournaments worry me because... It reflects on the league. And uh, looking at the Sunderland game, for instance, if we're going to play Denilson and Diaby in the same team, I don't expect we're going to win a lot of points. I mean, we'll get one point here and the odd three points, but that's not going to be enough to win the title. We need three points pretty much every match, right? Because you look at United's running. Um, come, come back to running in a minute, Joe. Yeah. Lindsay, all I'm thinking is United at the moment, they're in free fall, aren't they? You know, they don't look as though they can buy a, they can buy a proper goal. Um, uh, you know, aside from Rooney's wonder strike at Stamford Bridge last week, um, their defence is, is falling apart. Rio Ferdinand's back doesn't work. Surely it's onwards and upwards for the men in red and white. Well, it's finally, they're getting a bit of the luck that we get. You know, they've had a few players missing, which all of a sudden they're not looking... I mean, thinking of them being invincible a couple of weeks ago is now looking laughable. Um, and they're getting some injuries, and the refereeing decisions finally are not going their way. So, you know, it's... I don't want to use it's in our own hands, because we know if it's in our own hands, we'll fuck it up. But it, at least now, looking at it, it actually looks like one point gained rather than two points lost at the weekend, I think. But Mike, surely, 0-0 against a team that have lost their last four games and turned up lining up essentially saying don't spank us too hard, surely that's just another example of this Arsenal team being given a huge opportunity to go forward and win and again bottling it. Yeah, of course. I mean, like, you know, we, we, we all went into that hoping for three points and, and expecting three points. But there's been so many stupid results this season. I mean, we've, we've dropped oh, more than our fair share. But so have Man United and Chelsea, you know, and, and, and that. So we're still in there. We've still got a chance. And we just need a run of form. It's whoever's going to get, it's whoever's going to get 
eight wins out of their last ten games is probably going to be enough. Um, and I think we're as likely to do that as Man United because Man United have been got away with it all season, really. They shouldn't be top. Um, I'm not saying we should be, but no, no one wants to win it right now. It kind of strikes me as the the, the end of Rocky Two, where uh, where Rocky and and Apollo Creed catch each other with a right hook and fall to the floor, and it's essentially which punch drunk old fart can scramble to their feet before the referee counts ten, who uh, wins the world heavyweight championship by default. Joe, having a look at the remaining fixtures, um, having a quick scan. I'm, so, I'm looking at our, our running, I'm seeing teams like Blackburn and Blackpool and, and Bolton under Owen Coyle and Fulham. And, you mm. know, I'm thinking we've got an easy run in, haven't we? Yeah, on paper, as they always say. And, and it's, particularly with Arsenal, it's never, n- there is no easy game in, in the Premier League. And I know it's a cliche, but it's actually true, with, particularly with Arsenal, because these away games, we know, we know how we've suffered when we've gone to the northwest of England. And not always got results, although in recent times it's, it's improved a bit. So I've got a little bit of hope there. But I think basically the problems lie with us. I mean, you look at our defence and the, the young players, inexperienced players, all mixed together. There's just too many inexperienced or young players. As much as I love Chesney, he's a great goalkeeper, one for the future. Uh, is he one for this season? Is he going to be consistent for this for this whole running? When he's got Koscielny... Also, I think he's a great player, but he's, it's his first season in the Premier League. And who's alongside him? We've got Juru, another player who's and I've got a lot of confidence in. But again, how much, is, how much experience has he got of playing Premier League title run-ins? I don't think he's got an awful lot of experience of that. So there's, that's, and they're, they're the, that's the core part of our defence. And then we've got, we've got two attacking left-backs. So it's no wonder, really, that we can't rely on our defence. And, that, and that's the best players we've got. Lindsay, you're, you're chomping at the bit. You're chomping at the bit. What can I do you for? Well, you know, saying all of that, actually, I know statistics, what is it, lies more lies than damn statistics, but actually, when you look at the goals conceded, we're right up there. I, I, I think Wenger is completely bang on when he said the most consistent team will win this Premier League because none of us have been consistent. Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United, Tottenham, Liverpool, anybody. We've all had ups and downs, and I think it is there for the winning. It... it it is going to take a lot from that personnel, and it isn't. To, to me, the problem isn't the talent; it's in the head. Have they got the bollocks for it? Have they got? When it comes to squeaky bum time, which it is now, isn't mm. it? You know, have they got? Showing, I know we're going to talk about it later in the Carlin Cup, but have they got it to stand up and say, "Well, we really want this." I, th- I think that that's a very pertinent question, Mike. I mean, you look at Manchester United's two centre halves. It's um, a seventy cap England captain and um, Nemanja Vidic, whose uh, parents are a grizzly bear and an Easter <laughs> Island statue. Um, when you look at our flimsy Gallic um, centre halves, are you are you are you worried that our guys are made of the right stuff? Yeah, of course. I mean, I, you know, I, I think. I think most people would probably rather have someone like Vidic in their team than the likes of, um, well, any of our centre-backs. But, you know, that's, that's what we've got. That's what, and to be fair, as, as Lindsay said, our, our goals against record is, is comparable with any other team. I mean, Wenger said early on in the season that, that, that we couldn't afford to concede more than 25 goals in the season to stand a chance of winning the title. Well, 27 afraid, at the start of March. <laughs> afraid we've gone past that mark already. But pretty much so as everyone else. And that tells you a lot about what sort of season it is. So, um, whilst I'm not going to sound confident, I've seen Arsenal for too long to ever be confident when I look at this running. But, um, you know, we have got a chance and, uh, you know, let's go, let's go for it. I, I, I would say that Sunderland did knock me back a bit because I was like, I, I'd looked at the, the next few games and I thought, 
this was a real chance to lay down a bit of a marker. You know, three points home to Sunderland, away to West Brom, home to Blackburn, away to Blackpool, all winnable games. And if I thought, if we could take 12 points from that, we would be, we would be really well placed. Um, but... Well, look, well, looking at the run-ins no. in front of me, I'm very, good at going, very quickly going to go around all three of you. I'm going to take a consensus uh, as to uh, whether we're going to win, lose or draw. So, uh, West, uh, uh, in a word, win, lose or draw. West Brom away. Lindsay? Win. Joe? Win. Win. Wow, three panel verdict, away. a home win. Blackburn at home. Lindsay? Win. Joe? Win. Win. Right. Yeah. Blackpool away? Win. Win. And win. Fucking hell, we're on fire. Liverpool at home. Mm. Gift us the win. Get a Man United. <laughs> Joe, draw. Mike. I'll go win. Oh, crikey. Bloody hell, we're on fire. Arsenal unbeaten. Uh, Spurs away. Lindsay. Oh, that's the squeaky bum one for me. Um, draw. Defeat. Sorry. We own them. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go and win. I left. Uh, Paul's panel verdict. Score draw. Um, Bolton away. Draw. Draw. Yeah, draw. Oh, crikey, it's a point. Uh, it's all falling apart. It's all falling <laughs> apart. Just two weeks ago, we were going with everything. Yeah. Fucking Arsenal, Man United at home. The big one, Sky Super Sunday. Let's have it, we're going to win that. I've got it down as a defeat. If, oh, if, if United are not uh, are playing their best team. Mike. Lot will depend on the team, won't it? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the fans. I'll, I'll, I'll edge for a win. Oh crikey! Uh, yeah, I'm putting it down. Stoke. Surely, at this point, it's upwards and upwards. Stoke up, but Stoke away. Rory Delap and Hoof at centre half. I think we've turned that Hoodoo win. A draw. We won there last year. Look how we. Jesus Christ Almighty! I should, well, apparently, I should be drinking Budweiser <laughs> and Smirnoff Ice. Um, damn my Highland Spring. Uh, Villa at home. Win. Win. And win. Fulham away. Oh fucking hell! And uh, Fulham away. Oh, that's dodgy. But I'd like to say win. Narrow win. Yeah. There we go. So actually, we're going to say anything. You didn't we'll, have. You didn't have to. Yeah. You didn't have to, Mike. It's fine. We'll, we'll win if it's crucial. <laughs> Twenty-six points between now and the end of the season. Right now, Man United, Bolton at home. Lindsay. Uh, you've got to say they're going to win their home games, haven't they? Shall we just put three points for all their home games apart yeah. from Chelsea and come to that? Right. Okay. Fair enough. In fact, they are playing oh, Blackpool. Um, Man, uh, West Ham away. West Ham will be fighting for it. I can see that being an upset. Maybe a draw. Draw. Okay. No, I think United will win that one. Uh, me too, but unfortunately, mm. consensus has it. Uh, Newcastle away. Draw. Yeah, I've got Man United to win that. Depends on when it's played, doesn't it? Because that, that'll get moved if, if they That's beat true. us in the cup, which That's we're not true. talking about. But. but Newcastle are not under a lot of pressure, are they? Oh, Probably. Oh, God, Man United win. Yeah, man. Ch- uh, Chelsea at home. I think they'll get beat. Yeah, probably a draw. Draw. Okay. Uh, and Blackburn away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, 3 6, uh, three, six nine, 10, 13, 16, uh, 19, 20. We've won the league by three yeah. points! Oh, Easy. Yeah. We've done it! We've done Look it! Get friend. down Betfred right now, Arsenal <laughs> in the league by three points. Man alive. Wenger on top of an open top bus with his arse out. Giving it this. <laughs> I bloody told you, you bastards. I bloody told you. Abu Dhabi, Danielson, hear me now, your boys to LB. But notwithstanding that, does anyone else have an outside chance? Joe? Fancy anything at all for City, Chelsea in the in the resurgence or not uh, really, Tottenham? Not really. I think I think they've um they've, they've lost their opportunities. Too many points to make up now. Even though Chelsea are having a bit of a resurgence and Liverpool as well. Well obviously Liverpool completely out of the running. 
they're far too far behind. Chelsea are the only team I can still I can still see Chelsea stringing a run together. They're not good enough. Yeah, they're not good enough. But I, said, I actually said two weeks ago I said I think Chelsea were about forty to one to win it, and it was like you know what that's quite tempting. And of course I didn't do it. <laughs> stupid, but you know, and I would never bet again on Chelsea. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, do you know I, what the I odds could, are? Odds are now. No, they would have come yeah. in quite a bit after... You know, yeah, after beating Man U. Yeah. We thought after yesterday, it's barely half a point between Arsenal and Man United. Yeah. Are you in any way worried about Tottenham, apart from potentially derailing our season? No, that's the only thing I think that they're... Uh, uh, well, if you talk about Champions League, different story, but if you talk about the league, no, I think that's their, that'll be their cup final when, they, uh, when we go to them away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that if we win, that might actually also be... St Tottenham's Day as well um, coinciding with the 50th anniversary of them having won the league in pound, shillings, pence black and white and the three day week um, that was the 70s one excuse me um, so um, if as we have all predicted Arsenal do end up winning the league by three points has Wenger proven the doubters wrong or um, are we purely the best of a bad bunch of teams this year Mike? In some ways I think it's, it's, it's it's hard to say this because I think it might be the worst thing that could happen because it would prove he, he would see that as vindication for everything that he's done and I just can't believe that that would be a good thing in the long run um, you know putting put put faith in players like the Nielsen and Diaby Diaby has frustrated me for two years now and I think finally everyone else is catching up with my way, way of thinking um, and yeah, we, we just need a bit of a clear out in the summer and if we were to win the league, that ain't going to happen. Joe, what do you think? I, I agree with what Mike's saying on, on the fact that if we win the league, Arsene Wenger can turn around and put two fingers up. Not that he would, but he, he'll say, my way is the only way and, and I've proved that you can win the league with a rookie in goal or, and, and some very other average keepers. And and Danielson and Diaby because those those two players have never convinced me. I've I really want to be convinced that they're Arsenal players or of the standard that we expect. But so far, I've not seen it. Other than the odd game here and there, that's as good as it's got. And there's there's too many players in the squad like that. So if we do win the league, I won't really know what to put it down to other than mediocrity of the other teams. And maybe some good performances from some of our players, and and some of the some of the signings as well. I feel I just feel this, the balance of the team is wrong. It's, as I said, it's, I've really got a lot of confidence in Koscielny and uh, and Juru as well. I think both of those two, even though he's not exactly he's, he was a signing quite a while back, um, uh, uh, but this, the the fact remains that these these two players are good. But are they are they good for this season? I'm not sure. But then hopefully. They will be, and, and we'll win the league at the end of it. If we win the league, are you, are you going to be fearing Wenger running the, the length of the pitch, sliding on his knees, ripping off his button shirt to reveal an Abue is my homeboy t-shirt, as available from Goonashirts.com? Um, or are you going to be running around Tottenham, running around Tottenham, running around Tottenham with your willy hanging out, singing, you know, <coughs> we, we, we won the league? You're going to take it on, on face value and think, you know what? He's right, you know, I don't know how he's done it. He's won the league with Danielson. He's won the league with Diaby. Um, you know, AKB, Arsene knows best. I'm in the middle on it. I think that it would be lovely and it would be a real, real stick up fingers up to people like Man City who have spent all the money. And, it, and we're a nice club. They're nice players and they're nice <laughs> lads. And, you know, and all of that, the victory for the good guys. 
when it comes to taking Arsenal further, I have the same concerns as everybody else. I'd like to see a severe clear out in the, in the summer. And I, and I think it was it Lee Dixon that was saying, or it might have been Ray Parler, that when they won the league, every year Arsenal bought somebody and it was a strong buy. It was Dunsberg over the weekend, oh, yeah. Oh, God, sorry. I'm very sorry, God. I'm um, misquoting you. <laughs> Lee Dixon. <laughs> um, but, you know, I... There is the, the danger that the obstinance will come back in. But, you know, yeah, it's not going to take away from me getting my willy out in Tottenham. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, yes, as, as opposed to where we go from here, because would we win it again next year if he doesn't invest? Not, not a hope in hell. That's, that's, that's fair enough. I mean, if, if you win the league, you win the league. Although, having said that, I'm always reminded of um, 2004 being locked in the Bailey on the Holloway Road after um, winning the league at White Hart Lane again. Um, me and my family getting absolutely shit-faced, all kinds of songs going on, and sitting in the corner on his own with a face like a slapped ass is my father. Uh, a lifelong gooner going since 1953. I remember turning to him and saying, well, what's wrong with you? We've just won the league, run beaten, run re- and we're invincible. What's wrong? He goes, we might be invincible, but it'll be fucking rubbish next year. <laughs> <laughs> and therein lies the rub. So, with, with, a, with a changing tack slightly, back onto very, very current affairs. News has... Travelled all the way up Guna Towers this afternoon that Robin Van Persie is a surprise inclusion in the squad that's travelled to Barcelona, hoping, of course, that Joe can get this live by tomorrow afternoon for everyone to read in their ten-minute, half-an-hour tea break at three o'clock. Is the gam? Is this the gamble of a desperate manager or a potential masterstroke by Monsieur Wenger Lindsay? Well, look, you know, if you don't play Robin Van Persie, you could get injured falling out of bed. The guy is made of fiberglass, isn't he? So, mm-hmm. what what difference does it make if he gets injured tomorrow? Or if he gets injured, you know, just walking out of the tunnel when we're going to play West Brom away. He's that kind of player. To me, it's brought out optimism. I'm quite excited about it. I don't necessarily think that progressing in the Champions League is the best thing for our Premier League campaign. However, you know, it would be nice to put that hoodie to bed and maybe the Carlin Cup confidence that we thought we were all going to get at the day at Wembley will come from the Barcelona game instead. What about you, Mike? You know, would you would, would you say thanks, Jim? We've had a lovely day, or do you want to see if you can get under one or more in six darts and play Robin van Persie? I'll take the chance, definitely. I think you know, we, as, as Lindsay said, you, you you can't you can't assume that he's going to be fit for the next week, next month. So play him when he's got half a chance. He could make a difference. He, you know, otherwise we're going to be playing up front with the likes of Bentner or Shamak and you know bless them <laughs> Nicholas Bentner scored one more goal in the camp now than Ian, Henry, uh, Ian Wright has I tell you. I, you know I've got a lot of time for Nick, Nicholas Bentner I, I, I know I'm in a small minority yeah. but I think he works hard he does a lot Shamak's just hopelessly off form um, but if, if I wanted one player to have a chance in, inside the penalty box I'd have Van Persie ahead of either of them every time um, I think the question though is with Van Persie still remains is um, is he a player we're going to be able to rely on, or is he someone that you know w- w- is a luxury that we can't can't have for more than twenty twenty five games a season? Joe, are you prepared to gamble the rest of our Premier League season on a player who's likely only to score the first goal in a five one reverse? No way, I wouldn't. I wouldn't play him unless he's quite close to one hundred percent fit. I'd be like that with all, well all players really because I mean I thought I he thought does tell us that this squad is brilliant and all the players can come in for each other uh, yeah but and we when, all believe that yeah the <laughs> thing is though when I'm seeing guys like Diaby warming up I'm saying please please don't get injured <laughs> I, my, I do tend to change my mind during a match when I see when I see the sort of paucity of, of talent that's on, on the bench well that, maybe that's a bit too harsh but the mediocrity on the bench it worries me so because of that I would as a manager, if I was managing this current team with this small squad, 
I would tend to stick stick with these injured players probably but it's the wrong decision because long term you're just screwing up their careers as well as everything else so we're not going to we're not certainly not going to win the league if Robin Van Persie gets a long term injury or Sesk gets a long term injury and if both of them get a long term injury we can forget about all our predictions we won't win the league which is exactly what happened last year wasn't it absolutely absolutely um Personally, I really, really don't know what I'd do. I, I, I love Nicholas Bentner, and I think I'm, I personally am more worried about the fact that um, uh, we'll be missing Walcott and, and, and maybe Fabregas. As um, I think, if I th- well, I'm still suffering from getting shit faced before Christmas and having a fifty quid bet with a friend of mine that not only will Nicholas Bentner win the World Player of the Year, he will do so before his twenty eighth birthday. Um, I, I think Bentner's one of those players where if if you give him a run of games and you get him the best service you possibly can, he will score goals. And um, play him in the right position, that always helps. If he's played on the yeah, right wing, how yeah. is that going to improve his confidence but having as said, a striker? Yeah. I actually think he's been more dangerous cutting him from the right wing I, sometimes. I completely could agree with that. Mm. I, 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 he's been a revelation in that position to me. I thought yeah, he was actually okay. touch. It does okay. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not an. Anti, I'm not in the anti Nicholas Bentner camp by any means. If there is such a camp, I wouldn't want to be know. part of it. Oh yeah, big time. No, I think. I think he's he's a young player, and I've always been told that that position, the centre forward position, is the hardest position of all. But my view is, if you're going to play in that position, you need plenty of practice playing there. And playing out on the wing is all well and good, and it does improve your overall game. But it doesn't improve you that much as a striker, and I feel sorry for him that he has to do that and you know Van Persie he actually plays in his correct position I think Ben the problem is with Ben is, is he can play through the middle but he needs a partner to play alongside him mm. but unfortunately the way we're playing at the moment he's not going to have that and, and his touch mm. isn't good enough and, and he needs players around him to pick up the, the flick-ons and what have you Weird, he don't know why he works hard he works back and tracks back and you know yeah. more than than does that so. and, a, and a run of games he needs that too yeah. because if he gets that run of games he'll get the understanding with his teammates and, mm. yeah. and it seems like every time he does get a run he gets absolutely no service from his midfield he, he, he always gets a start when we've got a shit midfield out of Jarby or Danielson and he's getting nothing and he's just mm, chasing yeah. around heading down balls there's nobody behind him and he looks and, no, what, and what striker is good without a supply line? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, look, regardless of what happens tomorrow night, you know, um, as long as we give ourselves the best chance of winning, then, you know, that's all we can ask for. And whilst um, I have got Bentner 52 tattooed across my back and shoulders, um, if Van Persie's fit, I think ultimately you have to play him. But regardless of what happens tomorrow night, and my jesting apart, I do obviously want... Arsenal to win. But can I ask you this, David? Would you I'm in the middle of asking tonight? a question, Joe. <laughs> I, w- I want to just interrupt, if I may. I, w- I want to ask you this. Would you have one eye on the Premier League? No. Um, okay, so... Um, <laughs> that was quick. Um, <laughs> in, in a word? No, not at all. Um, each game is the most important. Simple as that, really. Um, like also, you know, if, you, if you're a bit strong, you, you know, Chelsea never changed their team at all uh, when they were winning everything left, right and centre. If you win... Uh, you rely on adrenaline to get you through. So, you know, just play that, play those 14 players, win uh, 18 games in a row, and, um, you know, have your time off in the summer, let alone in the middle of the bloody season. Try and rest Graham Souness in the prime of his career. He would have bitten your knees off, regardless of what happens in the camp now tomorrow evening. Let's talk about the first leg. You know, one of those were-you-there moments. What were you doing when? Where were you sitting when? Um... I think it's safe to say it was the best atmosphere at the new stadium, the new stadium so far, Mike. Oh, God, yeah, no, without a doubt. Apart from potentially that first 
five five or so minutes against Man United two years back, but we don't <laughs> talk about that one. Um, no, I mean, for, for the 90 minutes, it was great. And it, it was great to see the crowd really get behind the team in the second half and believe that they could still pull it off, despite the fact that Barcelona had clearly been the better side for the first 65 minutes or so. Um, and that there was belief, and, and it, it proves that the crowd can lift the team sometimes. Too often we sit back and wait for the team to lift us, but you know, when we all get together and we've got a little flag to wave, lovely. <laughs> well, it's nice <laughs> to be the underdog. Um, yeah, it's it been the, under, the underdog factor. Maybe that yeah. that plays plays point. in our advantage. You yeah. know, to our advantage, the fans then that the expectations are not there, but they, the hopes are. Lindsay, sitting club level, the champagne corks must have been popping by uh, by the 90th minute. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will ignore that because <laughs> I nearly swallowed a prawn when we scored the goal. <laughs> no, um, I thought that was the night that the Emirates needed. I thought it came of age that night. Um, club level was loud, which tells you all you need to know. Um, it is. I thought what was interesting about it was the twitters, uh, sorry, the tweets that the players were saying, and they clearly, clearly felt it from us. My behalf um, was watching it at home, and he said it was like when the first goal went in, you all went, oh, "Now let's get on it," and we all just pushed them forward, and we pushed them and pushed them, and they responded. And I think the underdog factor is massive. It was the same with the Manchester United when, when we were waving the flags and got mugged off after ten minutes, but and threw the flags away. But that was the same thing. There was a feeling that we were behind and we needed to push. And it was quite disappointing to me that Sunderland was so flat on the weekend. Um, I thought that game was crying out for Aaron Ramsey just to get everybody on their feet mm. and to get us all get something going because it is disappointing and, and it is a quiet stadium and we don't do our part. Um, a lot of people have the attitude that, well, I feed off the team. But, you know, where does that get anybody? Mm. You know, that lockdown the road, or you, you go to lots of stadiums. I mean, Chelsea are probably quieter than us, but there are lots of stadiums. Stoke, for example, you know, they do well because mm. they have their fans behind them, and whereas we will get behind them when we're winning. Joe, why can't the Arsenal crowd be so encouraging on a more regular basis? Why, why, why do we need the media to tell us that it's super duper Sunday and, you know, um, the world will end after this game? I think it's the expectations. It's, we've won so many trophies. I mean, we are one of the most successful clubs in England after Man U and Liverpool. So we're third most successful. And, and you know, if, if we had a nice run with this new developing team and we started winning trophy after trophy, well, it's not impossible that in our lifetimes we might be the most crowned league champions in, in this country. Do you, think, do you think I'm going over the top now? Yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think, like, I mean, I, I always just say that I think you've got to, you've got to experience the disappointments to really enjoy the, the good times. And I, I think there's too many fans in the ground that haven't experienced the disappointments because they've only come in and they've only got interested in football in the last 10, 15 years, which has been, well, certainly for the, for the first five or six of those, would have just been constant success. And so, you know, losing the Carling Cup final to Chelsea, losing the Carling Cup final to Birmingham, doesn't quite hit the mark. You need to have mm. something, you know, mid-table finish almost. You need the Spurs. But it was uh, like Frank Lampard, wasn't it? He said, you know, we, our fans, we don't wait. They don't wait till we go one new up to start getting involved in it. You know, they start from day one. You know, and and it is true. We we. We expect so much of that team. We expect to win every single home game, and we expect them to do that without our support. And it's it's a bit harsh. And the worst thing is the players. The players expect to win, and without trying. Well, I think they try, but they try in a different way, and they don't show the same level of motivation. Let's say that's the difference from the team, the 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 team, the invincible team. 
you know, they used to come out and they used to go out hammer and tongs from the first whistle. Mm. So the crowd picks up on that and would be behind them. And quite often we'd kill the game after 15 minutes. Mm. I mean, the, the next 75 would be quite boring for, the, for everyone just sitting there going, well, when, when's the final whistle going? I want to get down to the pub and celebrate this 3-0 win. But, you know, our, our players come out and it's all a bit, oh, we'll tippy-tappy around for the, first, mm. for the first hour. And then we go, crikey, we haven't scored yet. And the frustration and, and then the frustration yeah. grows and you know we saw it at Sunderland you know the last 20 minutes or so we were hammering on the door mm. but you know why, why you just you just want to cry out and go why didn't you do that in the first 20 minutes and you could have relaxed for the last 70 yeah. there's nothing more frustrating than watching match of the day and realising that Alan Hansen's making a good point <laughs> <laughs> which is he, he was remarking when he was in Liverpool teams that got to this stage of the season um he said, "You go out and you do it for the first twenty minutes, half an hour. You get the two, three nil lead. Then you're not. Then you have a rest for the the last hour. Whereas this paid, this bunch of lackadaisical, overpaid millionaire losers um, seem to think, well, we'll score in a minute. We'll be okay. And the next thing you know, seventy-five minutes gone, and it's only when we concede a goal, as shown in the Orient replay, that we decide to pick it up. It's worrying. But having said that." You know, it's a quid pro quo thing. I mean, when we were back at Highbury, I mean, I remember the players used to come out, stand on the halfway line and, and uh, clap all four corners of the, the ground. And then the, the North Bank lower, where I sat, and the, the North Bank sides of the East and West stand would in turn sing Robert Pires' song, Sol Campbell's song, Because You're So Enclosed. They'd hear and they'd clap their hands, whereas now the disparity between players and um, uh, and, and fans is, is probably best exemplified by the huge gap between the pitch and the stands. Yeah, it could be the stadium factor because it's, I was just as you were chatting, I was suddenly thinking, how many, how many teams have moved to a new stadium and been really successful? And I'm struggling to to think of any that have been, you know, they've had moderate success and and has the team actually won anything that's moved to a new stadium? That's a fair question, and that is a question for next time. To conclude. The usual reminder that if you want to email us about anything related to the podcast or in fact inform us of any clubs that have moved stadium and since had better and, uh, and more salubrious years, our address is gunapodcast at gmail.com. Thanks once again to our sponsors, gunashirts.com, where you too can buy your Abue is a, my homeboy t-shirt. And there's just time for our panel to bid farewell. So Mike? Farewell. Joe? Tell me bye. <laughs> and Lindsay? Bye bye. We'll be back with another edition of the podcast in a matter of days as we're recording another one straight after this. I'm your host, David Udo, and thank you for listening. La-di-da-di-da, la-di-da-di-dee, all good friends and jolly good company. Hooray!